Hey guys, this is Liz Cambage. This is Nikki Collins. What up, guys? This is Ethan Stark. Hey, this is Imani Media Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. What's up, WNBA Nation? Welcome back to yet another episode of the show. My name is Kyle Haywood, and I can't wait to discuss all things WNBA and women's basketball with y'all tonight, um, or this morning, or this afternoon, whenever you happen to be listening to the podcast. Joining me on today's episode is the one and only, welcome him back after a short hiatus, hiatus, uh, hiatus, (laughs) Steve Schwartzman. What's up, dude? Guess who's back back again? It's been a minute, man. This is it good. has been. It feels it felt just odd not having you on for a little while. Like I know yeah. we've we've each like each of the four of us has had like periods of time where we've like, hey, I need I've got like some busy stuff in life where I need to step off for a bit. Yours was kind of involuntary. Yours was literally just like yeah. I physically straight, cannot record. <laughs> this was straight up my laptop just blew up on me and it took me a while to get it remedied and it yeah, it was just like I I wish I could. I, I have no physical way I could shout into the void, but that's about the best I can do. So just glad. and like during one of the most interesting points in the year so far, uh, like yeah. by far with free agency. So it's been a uh, it, it was a real pain to have to sit on the sidelines, but y'all rode the train stronger than ever before, and the twitch is rolling hard, and I'm loving what you guys did with the place, and I'm glad to be back. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, shout out to everybody who's joining us live on Twitch right now. We've got several of you hanging out. Um, a couple people even hopped on that are down in uh, the Texas uh, area of the, yes. the Texas area, uh, the state of Texas. Uh, but yeah, like literally with with you know limited uh, internet and electricity, like hopping on, just saying hi. Uh, just appreciate that. Um, we we've just as you guys are going to, going to be listening to this we'll have sent out a tweet with some information and some and a link um at least one link of ways that y'all can uh donate and and help out with some of the relief efforts that are happening down in Texas it's yes. it's an absolute disaster and a mess down there steve i know that you used to live in the houston area and uh, I know that place is very near and dear to your heart, and so yes. we want to make sure that we're getting all of our all that we can do to help people out down there. But yeah, Steve, what, just real quick, what have you kind of seen as, or, or, or see not necessarily seen, but yeah, kind of what are your thoughts on everything that's happening down there? It's maddening in uh, so many ways because obviously it is very concerning considering how many people are without basic needs. At a time that, you know, the area isn't full-on equipped for because uh, while the winter months in at least the Houston area, you know, in the, in Texas, you know, are, are cold. Let, let anyone tell you it doesn't get cold down there. Uh, this is a completely different scenario for them. And to be without the conveniences of heat and electricity and water and those types of things is, is maddening. In a lot of cases, the areas have some preparation for natural disasters being in a hurricane area, but this is very different. It's also maddening in the sense that, quite honestly, it really just feels like the, pub, the public service and and the state government have, just seem to have less interest than you would expect in supporting uh, right. their citizens. And that that's where it's really upsetting. 
and a lot of them seem to be setting agendas uh, through media because of this, and that's where it's really sad. Um, the Houstonians are phenomenally tough people. Texans in general are phenomenally tough people uh, because you know it feels like every few years their their home is underwater or right. you know they're storm ravaged. So they'll find a way through this in general, but any support will be helpful. Uh, there's a lot of people that uh, just cannot uh, withstand these types of losses. Uh, it, you know, it's, it's going to be a hard thing for, for them to come by, especially already in the middle of a pandemic when a lot of people are already having uh, medical issues. And so, yeah, I just – that's one part of the world, obviously. You know, that's that doesn't even yeah. include the rest of Texas or the rest of the country. Or the, you know, it, there's just a, a lot of people that are, are dealing with these types of things. So that's why we wanted to, to be involved with that, one of our – loyal followers here on Twitch um, sent us some information on, on where uh, we can help some of the citizens in the Houston area. If you do have any other means uh, that you're connected to that, you know, can help us uh, support people that are in special need during this scenario throughout the country, let us know whatever we can do to help bump um, those organizations and, and try and spread, spread some support. Uh, we're one hundred percent for it, and we just we just hope we have positive vibes and and care for everyone out there. We hope people are finding ways to stay warm, stay safe, and that this clears up sooner than later. That just so you guys know, that includes our producer Jason. Uh, he's in the Dallas area and is uh, braving this as well. His power's been going on and off. He's got a newborn. Uh, you know, it's tough situation, and so we we uh, absolutely our best our best goes obviously out to everyone. For sure, and uh, it's it's definitely not a it's it's not a fun topic. But hey, we we have a not a we don't have a huge uh, following on on Twitter. But um, if you want to send us any links as far as um, reputable places that people could donate as far as relief efforts go, feel free to shoot us a DM on Twitter. You can find us at WNBA Nation Pod. A lot of you that listen to the show are already following us on there. Um, you can check us out there and, and shoot us a link. If you know of any other reputable things that, uh, you know, reputable, um, organizations that we can, um, help get the word out about so that we can, uh, provide some assistance. We'd be happy to, um, absolutely. But, uh, so Steve, before we hop into free agency, uh, I, I do want to just chat with you real quick. One thing that uh, I believe Jason and Logan and I hopped on and, uh, I don't think it was on an episode. It may have been on on an episode, but it may have just been one of mm -hmm. our Twitch hangouts. Um, we talked about Mark Davis and his purchase of the Las Vegas Aces, and I know that you have uh, a little bit of some background in in so you know kind of following the Raiders a little and and kind of have a, a little <laughs> bit of uh, sense there. I just want to get your thoughts on someone like Mark Davis purchasing the Aces. Uh, from the MGM group and, and kind of what are maybe your pros and cons and thoughts yeah. and feelings on that situation? I mean, I'm not currently uh, a football guy. Anyone who right. follows me knows that I, uh, <laughs> I kind of took a hiatus from following the sport a few years ago and, and they're, they haven't given me many reasons to get back into it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I grew up a Raider fan almost to upset my dad cause they left LA my dad was like, you can't like the Raiders. So obviously I wanted to, to annoy my father. Um, so <laughs> they've always kind of been like my, my eye glance. So obviously, you know, of the Davis family, um, 
there's always kind of skepticisms when, to be honest, a male who dominates a franchise in a male league wants to step in and, and almost act. And I'm not saying this is Mark Davis's claim, but kind of act as one of those like white saviors of a, of a women's right. league. Uh, and so there's that skepticism of, okay, but what are we going to pull together? And the one thing I will say, so far the talk has matched up really well. I feel like it's more than just saying, uh, you know, I support women's sports and I want it to do well. He cited specific events that you really wouldn't connect as heavily to unless you did follow the sport and cared about it. You and I have talked about how Mark Davis was a mainstay at Aces games since the franchise has been in Vegas. Uh, clearly the timing of when he moved the Raiders to Vegas and now has picked up the aces shows that there has been an energy toward this type of a move. I get the sense that he wants to put very legitimate efforts in place. It sounds like there's a potential training facility already in the works. Uh, and he, and yeah. he wants to get that up and running. So, it, you know, I, I like where things are looking, at the moment, the hard part is it's going to take a while before we really see what that you know overt effect is going to be. But the one thing that's going to be helpful in Mark Davis's situation, I don't know that anyone who's in this situation where they really want to build uh, a women's sports franchise into something prominent, I don't know that anyone's had more tools in front of them uh, because it this, this just this should just be this is as gimme as it gets for someone like Mark Davis. You're in a solid yeah. market. That's taken to sports really well. You have a really successful team. You have some of the most marketable athletes you could find anywhere in any sport at any gender. Uh, like you have the potential to really turn this on its ear. Um, it comes down to simply: Are you going to deliver on the energy you're claiming to have? Because we've heard this before. You know, we had the final owner of the Comets. You know, chainsawing beds in his furniture store full of. <laughs> piss and vinegar and ready to come in and and you know change the world and then within two years sold the team uh you yeah. know we've seen where that energy's come from you know so it, it, i have a positive a, a very I'm skeptic but i have a uh i'm a i'm cautiously optimistic i think is the phrase i feel good about it i like that but i want to see what the payoff is and maybe it's just because so many years of watching this script being written has built a skeptic in me yeah, I, f I feel that a little bit. I, I feel a little bit skeptic. I thought that the MGM group was actually doing a phenomenal job. Mm -hmm. I thought that if there was one of if there was a uh, franchise that was that had the formula really, really well down, I, I thought that at least from what we could view as as, you know, fans of the league, I thought Las Vegas was probably a top three like front office i thought that yeah. was fantastic and, and i was i went a little like skeptic uh that that someone like the mgm who had so many resources available not saying that mark davis doesn't have resources yeah. obviously the dude's got resources but like we were at the all-star game when you had like the blue man group was there and cirque du soleil and like the whole vegas aura was there because mgm could pull all of that at the drop of a hat and just boom here you go, like, you played in a casino, like, it was a fantastic, it was a fantastic, like, like, just meeting of, of mm -hmm. this group and, and the league, I thought that they did a great job, I am very sad to see them no longer owning the Aces, so, yeah. that's, I, I think I'm, I think I'm less, 
I think I'm less sad about Mark. I'm not sad that Mark Davis is the one that bought. I'm more sad that MGM's the group that sold. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I think they had a good thing going. And, and, and the sense that I get, and, and there, I don't know if anything has come out that has clarified the situation with them. So if I'm missing something, happy to be corrected. Yeah. But I get the sense that this move wasn't them necessarily giving up on the franchise or giving up on women's sports as as an investment. It almost gets the sense of, you know, MGM is an organization where a big part of their revenue stream was taken from them during the pandemic and not yes. having, you know, having several months of not having people being able to utilize their facilities in Vegas. And so because of that, some investments had to move on. And that was one of them. And I, and I... I feel that because it's that's a decision they could have maybe potentially made earlier, and it feels like they waited until they found the right suitor, and that's when yeah. Mark Davis stepped in. This is more than just kind of a, you know, I, I hate done. that I always have to cite the team this. Up for sale. Yeah, I hate that I always have to cite this, but this this doesn't feel like a Royals FC getting kind of tossed to, you know, yeah. some, some the first person kind of willing to make the bet, and then they have to leave the city. This kind of felt like they found the right, you know, if we're going to make this move, we need to make sure they're in good hands. And they put them in good yep. hands. Their announcement when they made the announcement illustrated as much that they still believe yes. in women's sports. They still believe in women's basketball. They think it's a great franchise and they're excited to see where Mark Davis and, and company can take it. So uh, that was a pot, you know, that definitely helped in that sense. And that's where it was strange because I agree with you. I think they were making a lot of the right moves. And then it uh, just, you know, it, it thing life went the way that it went, and now we're we're sitting where we're sitting. So it's uh, it'll be interesting. But I I think the the keys are in place. I'm interested to see what those changes will be, what their facilities will be like, uh, how the marketing is going to withstand itself. Hey, there's just a lot uh, that they're capable of pulling off, and yeah. we'll just see how it goes. But I'm cautiously optimistic. Agreed. I was less optimistic when the announcement first came out, but from what I've seen since, I, I think they're on the right track. I just hope it delivers. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Well, let's, uh, let's hop into our, uh, free agency talk, but before we do, let's do a quick, uh, just run through of where you can find us and all the ways that you can get in, in contact with us. You of course can always find us on Twitter at WNBA nation pod. Um, that's probably the best way to get in contact with us. Um, a lot of you are migrating over to the Twitch platform, which has been fantastic. We l have loved getting to know so many of you uh, on there a little bit better, hopping in. We've got people in the chat right now, literally, you know, talking questions. We've got Jag House and Drew and El Rosenberg was there earlier. Uh, Lucetti's hitting us up. We've got so many of our, our good friends and, and friends of the show. Um, people that we've met in real life, people that we just know through uh, through kind of the, our WNBA online family. Um, and it's just great to have so many people uh, hanging out on Twitch. Um, you can also, uh, anywhere that you're listening to us, if, there's, if your platform allows uh, ratings or subscriptions, we appreciate all of those. Uh, any, t any chance that we get uh, with a new five-star rating review, we read those aloud on mic. So if you want to get a shout out on our next episode, pause right now, click a five star review on uh, on Apple Podcasts, and, and leave us a quick uh, written review, and we'd be happy to read that aloud on mic. Um, so uh, yeah, feel free to hit us up at our merch. 
Uh, we've got some fantastic merch available and more to come very shortly. That's WNBANation.StoreNV.com. Um, there's uh, a lot of the uh, a lot of the proceeds from certain lines on there will go immediately back into purchasing tickets for WNBA and NCAA women's basketball games uh, for people who haven't had the opportunity to attend those. Obviously, when those become available, um, right now that money is just kind of sitting. We haven't spent it. Don't worry. That money's just yeah. sitting in in an account right now, just waiting to be spent so that we can buy some tickets for some first time fans. That's how we got into the league. Was we were given an opportunity to come attend a game that we and we hadn't before, and it ended up being one of the greatest experiences of our lives. And here mm-hmm. we are. You know what? Four years later now, four and a half years yep, later, yep. it feels like. I, Golly. It's, it's been a while. Yeah, and uh, and it's been some of the best. Uh, some of the best like years of our lives as we've gotten an opportunity to to be here and, and covering this league together. So um, feel free to reach out any of those places. Uh, follow us on Twitch. If you are an Amazon Prime member, if you have an Amazon Prime membership, you can actually subscribe to our show on Twitch for free. And that sends a couple bucks our way each and every month. And it has at no cost to you. That's part of the reason why we transitioned over here away from the Patreon platform is this is a way that you can support us at no cost to you. It takes literally two minutes and uh, gets us a little bit of a financial kickback. And that go that really does like go a long way toward helping us uh, produce the show and everything. So uh, shouts to all of our... Uh, all of our subscribers and followers over on Twitch. That's, that's been a huge, uh, a, a huge thing for us and a ton of fun, to be honest. It's a huge new element that we, that we have there. Um, but Steve, let's talk free agency. All right. We, we discussed yes. back and forth a few different ways of how we wanted to approach this. I feel like none of them are truly perfect. And so we're just going to go the best way that we know how, and that's team by team. And we usually do team by team, um, alphabetically, we're just going to stick with that. All right. Um, but let's just kind of break down each team and their, their individual moves that they've had. Um, and just kind of their rosters as they stand right now, we understand free agency is not over. So we know that this is subject to change in the future. There's still some, uh, unsigned, um, free agents out there. Um, uh, I believe technically Liz Cambage hasn't re-signed. She is cored by Las Vegas, but she's not re-signed. And there's several others as well that um, are just kind of sitting out right now that we that we don't have. Um, yeah. But uh, and, and certain teams will have uh, obviously some um, some uh, restricted agents or or like they have rights that are protected at, at different teams. But there's several unrestricted free agents that are out there that don't have a team right now. And so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But for the most part, a lot of uh, what you would consider your quote-unquote bigger mm-hmm. names um, have found a landing place. So we're just going to go team by team and discuss those. Let's start in Atlanta, Steve. Yes. Um, so a couple... A uh, couple things here. Probably the biggest move that we're seeing is uh, that Cheyenne Parker is now a member of the Atlanta Dream. Probably going to be playing more of the four spot. Um, she does have a little bit of versatility. She can play kind of the three, four, and five uh, areas there. Um, but that was that was probably one of the bigger, um, you know, one of the bigger moves that we saw was uh, was um, Cheyenne Parker heading down to. Uh, from Chicago down to Atlanta, which was really impressive to me because 
Parker had an absolutely like monster breakout season in Chicago during the bubble. And mm-hmm. I think that I think that this is a really good pickup for Atlanta. Um, I just want to see where your thoughts are as as far as that signing in particular, and then just the Atlanta dream overall as they stand. Cheyenne might be a low key top five move this this off season. I think this is something that you're looking at a, a team in Atlanta that had a chance to overperform, didn't quite do that. Uh, lost Renee Montgomery. It looks like permanently. Uh, she just announced her retirement. Um, which obviously our our love and best to Renee Montgomery, uh, yeah. but I'd say that move and and some other pieces they've put together, um, the, the Atlanta Dream I feel like sneak their way into the playoff discussion at this point. You're looking at sophomore Kennedy Carter, hopefully Courtney Williams at full strength. Uh, the tip Cheyenne Elizabeth Williams front court is very low key scary. Yeah. Uh, those are three players yes. that very much are the like Jim Craig miracle, like when their game's on. And so if they can find a way to gel well, that that's going to be a really strong presence. Cheyenne obviously gives some extra defensive uh, strength and really good, uh, just crafty hands on the boards. They're weirdly now deep at the four position uh, with Tiana Hawkins. Yes. Uh, yeah, Monique so, Billings so would Tiana technically Hawkins... be your third option <laughs> at the four. Which at is this crazy. Point. So. Yeah, because Tiana, Tiana Hawkins was, you know, the other signee that they had coming from Washington. And so they're extremely deep at yeah. that four. They went from almost nobody. You know, I mean, they had Monique Billings and Shakina Strickland would slide over there a little bit. Every once in a while, we'd see uh, Kalani Brown and Elizabeth Williams, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, kind of on the on that same uh, group yeah. there. Um, but, you know, as far as as far as like going from their four position that had really some, some low level, not low level, Mm -hmm. but like just not very deep, like to now having a lot of depth at the four, I think is is at least one area that they shored up. They have a lot of other areas that they are Mm -hmm. struggling in, but it does help. So I think the move that I actually really like the most, and right now it's just a training camp contract. I love picking up a Von Turner. Uh, I've always loved Von Zerner, and, and I I hope she makes the the regular season roster. I think that that's a nice value pickup in the backcourt for them. This was a team whose stock went up for me when it didn't feel like it had any position to, and so right. I'm very intrigued by what they go through. The question with me is this is very much uh, it, it, I, it's hard to tell where the team chemistry switches for this organization. Obviously, Nikki Collins, a coach that can coach that fairly well, but this is the dream above any other organization are going to need that more than anyone. I mean, they're in the middle of a bit of a a snafu with figuring out how their ownership situation is going to pan out. We don't know necessarily what that looks like full on. There's no guarantees they stay in Atlanta. You would hope so, and you would think so, but we've seen that spurn people before, and so that team chemistry side of things is going to be huge. And, and I think there's a handful of players who, who play really well to that, but it, it, that's the hard nut to crack. It's a very classic Atlanta style roster of, we don't have a full, I don't know that we can put a full finger <laughs> on it. That said, if I had yeah. to say it, my stock on Atlanta has definitely gone up. I feel like they've entered into the playoff discussion, which would be a good shine for them. Yeah. Um, 
I, I like what Atlanta's done. I feel I don't know if they've done quite enough for me. I think that they improved some. Uh, they did lose bit Nigel Laney, which does hurt uh, of course. A, a decent amount. Um, but I, I mean, all things considered, where that franchise is right now in the moment, I actually have no complaints about about anything. Uh, you know, they didn't completely fall apart. They aren't losing, you know, their big uh, core players right now. Um, I love that Tiffany Hayes is coming back. I love that they've still got Kennedy Carter, who I think is just a future just star in the league in general. Um, you know, and she's she just had a rookie season, you know, and and even not even a full rookie season where she she had injuries, you know, hampering her during part of it. So I'm excited to see. It's weird to consider we're not that far removed from a number two seed Atlanta Dream Team. Yeah, insane. Like that's yeah, and I understand they had Angel McCautry at the time, but still, we're not that far removed from that, and and mm-hmm. they had they had their fair share of struggles. Um, let's move on to Chicago. This is obviously one that a lot of people have been talking about um, because arguably the biggest move of this entire off season came uh, by you know, Chicago signing Candace Parker as someone with LA ties and, and an affinity for the, the sparks. But I also know you got a soft spot for the sky. What was, what have your thoughts been on the whole Candace Parker, Chicago sky, uh, signing? I mean, it did kind of hurt a little, uh, because, (laughs) (laughs) um, this, this last year, I think I've become so much more ingrained in LA sports. Obviously I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a fair weather fan of any of my teams, I would say, but, you know, seeing some success to it. And then this last round of doing W history with it, uh, my affinity for the sparks has definitely gone up. And so it hurt a bit to, to see that change happen. That said, uh, how many times during free agency scenarios has the like hometown narrative always played a role and, it almost doesn't happen. You've always got the like, oh, but they're from yeah. here. Maybe they'll go home. And so to actually see someone capitalize on that is really nice. And I will say, I, I, I'm not ruling out this being a slight Sylvia Fowler shade on Candace's side because they feuded in college, and then Sylvia went to her hometown and then spurned her hometown. And there's that part of me that's like, Candace wants to come save the day. <laughs> Uh, yeah. and so well, and you've got that, but... Deladon also like Deladon yeah. and Fowles both moving, you know, away. Yeah. You know, I and Chicago's been on the other end of this deal multiple times with big name players, and it's yeah. it's kind of it's kind of nice to see they them land one. Yeah, they were <laughs> like, certainly it is, do. It is actually really nice. They earned it. They absolutely earned this opportunity, and I mean. You, I mean, it goes as simple as this. When you look at their potential starting five, uh, you obviously look at Sloot, Quigley, Diamond, Azri Stevens, Candace Parker. Oh, God. I don't even know. When you say it out loud, when you say it out loud, it's, it just sounds, it sounds ridiculous. It sounds like you've just read the UMMC Ekaterinburg roster. Yeah. Like, that's kind of what it sounds like. Very mean setup. Now, where does Candace fit into the flow of that team's offense is is yet to be seen because she very much plays a point forward. This is a team that absolutely doesn't need a point forward. They have a point. Boy, do they have yeah. a point. They might have the purest 
point guard point in the entire in the league, league shy yeah. of Sue Bird. And so that'll be interesting. And it might play in her favor uh, with with her tenure in the league, as long as it's been the league, to be able to say, hey, we you know handle the front court. That might play in her favor. I'm a little nervous. Uh, the, the one question I have, because I think a lot of people want to put Chicago immediately in the title picture, I'm curious what they're going to do with depth. Right now, uh, they've right. lost key players. We've already talked about Shan Parker. Um, they're pretty well stacked at the front court. I'll say that. They've got Steph coming off the bench. They have Ruthie coming from behind. I think Ruthie could transition easily into the four spot if needed. Uh, I think Mavungo yeah. will do well. Obviously, Gabby. I think Gabby. Ruthie might work better at the four. Or Very even Steph Dolson better. I think Steph Dolson is probably better, better uh, fitted for the four than the five. But I, I, I think I, I'm interested to see what they do with their backcourt. Uh, do they try yeah. to leverage some sort of draft love? Are there any other additional pickups that support them there? There isn't a lot of room for them to play with at all, uh, cap-wise, but that's where I'm curious is when you get Sloot and Quigley off of the floor, as much love as I've got for Brittany Boyd and Kalia Copper and company, what are we doing to to leverage that? So depth will probably be right. the next case, which is why I'm thinking I might put Chicago out of the finals picture as of now. If you give me a season and some time to add some bolts to that structure, uh, you might. You're looking at a Sky team that I think is looking about five years ahead, and is saying within the next couple of years this might be the dominant force in the league. And do they pick up that spark this year? We'll have to see. No pun intended. But um, obviously, anyone I think trying to outrightly put a negative on Candace Parker signing, I, I think, is just grasping at straws to be different. It's a huge move. It's a needle moving move. It might be the biggest free agency move in league history. Yeah, it, possibly. It's it, it's, you know. it's up there. I mean, we've seen some doozies. This is yeah. a big one. Shy of Del, I mean, Deladon going to Washington was obviously really big, mm-hmm. um, but outside of that, like you'd have to go to someone like a, like a Maya Moore, or a Diana Taurasi, or a Sue Bird level type move. But we just haven't seen those. Yeah, when you look so, at those, Mount I mean, Rushmore wait, I guess technically players. didn't like didn't like Rebecca Lobo. Didn't she play like a season for like Houston? Lobo, Lobo went to Houston like- to <laughs> trade, and then she went to Connecticut for a year. You had, yeah. you know, Swoops went to Seattle for a while. Tina Thompson went to L.A. for a while, uh, sort of by force because the Comets folded. Um, so there have been some moves, but this one feels like it's some serious clout. I think it that's where it's interesting. So, you know, yeah. I can't put too much shade on the, on the sky at all for the moves that they're making. I'm just, I, I don't know if the depth of their roster is just quite enough to put them in the, in the high end expectation but i mean yeah. crazier things have happened so <laughs> yeah no, i like it i th- i think that this one for me definitely initially put chicago on notice and i had them immediately probably a top two or three team right out the gate but and we'll get to some of these other teams there's a couple other teams that after the candace parker deal went down have in my opinion gained more ground yeah, and probably past Chicago, and that's some teams that's have where I'm responded right well. I think, yeah, yeah. Let's move on to Connecticut. We have a running joke with Connecticut that everybody forgets about them, and all they do is like go to the semis or the finals every year for the last like six years. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. so Connecticut 
hasn't made a ton of of big signings. They haven't changed their roster much at all. Um, obviously, they've got John Quell Jones coming back, and kind of their starting five was looking like Jasmine Thomas, Brian January, Dewana Bonner, Alyssa Thomas, and John Quell Jones. But now Alyssa Thomas is out. Um, you know, she's got injuries and surgeries that she's kind of been working through. And I don't know how much we're going to see of her in 2021, which is a huge, huge, um, kind of like, uh, what what do you say? Kind of a, a huge, like loss that they've had. Um, but so there's not a ton of moves that we've actually seen from Connecticut, but you know, I just was was curious. They ba- they basically re-signed Alyssa Thomas and Jasmine Thomas, and that's really kind of the only big main news mm-hmm. that they've had. Um, I'm just curious your thoughts on Connecticut as as a team. Do are you like do you feel like they didn't make moves that they should have, or do you think that they're in a spot in a position where they can say, "Hey, we're good. Let's just keep what we've got going." I feel freaking so bad for Connecticut. I. <laughs> We've talked about the bionic Alyssa Thomas, who played with two torn labrums for like two solid seasons, and that and a freaking Achilles. It's just unfair, just to get that off of the plate. I, I feel like they were looking at battening down their hatches, and it made a lot of sense. Uh, Bonner was just gelling with this bubble team, and I think that they had a lot to mm-hmm. gain. Obviously, th- matching up with John Quell Jones, we were interested to see where that goes. Losing Alyssa Thomas is huge. It's really frustrating for a team that deserves it. Um, I, otherwise, I'm fine with what they were doing. I feel like they were on the right trajectory. I feel like Connecticut's feedback was, we have yet to see this roster at full strength, and they're going to have to wait again, which sucks. I, I will say this. I, I I don't know. The cap room probably doesn't make it work, and I'm probably saying something stupid that isn't possible. Um, <laughs> if there's one name right now, that is very much like what what the needle might turn to who's favored and who's not. Uh, I'm not a hundred percent certain on the thought of Emma Mieseman going back to Washington. And mm-hmm. it really almost comes down to what team might be willing to match up with her commitments. Because I think if the Olympics do go through, uh, Mieseman's probably not, we're not going to see her until we're after not going to see her much this season. She's, yeah. she's, she's going to be committed to, to team Belgium. And once the Olympics are over, we might see her back. If there's a team that's willing to invest in that, it could be a huge bump for them. And I, I wouldn't be shocked to see a team like Connecticut saying, look, we could use a boost at the four and we'll take it when we can get it. Let's see if adding Emma to the, to the roster does that for us. Um, what, th- th- most likely she goes back to Washington, but if not, that's the one. That's a move where I'm interested. I think Connecticut has a little bit of wiggle room to try something, uh, yeah. and it's going to be needed. Um, that said, very much like I, I just it's hard to say. Like it just sucks that like I can't even judge their moves so much because the Alyssa news just took a lot of the wind out of those sails. Yeah. Otherwise, well, I like where the they were is, going Alyssa, because Alyssa they, Thomas, she may like she. If you had to put like pick a player from Connecticut that is their identity. I feel like Alyssa mm. Thomas embodies Connecticut Sun basketball, like more so than any yeah. other player. Like just tough, like tough defense, like hard nose, like always plays hard. Like she's she's a 40 minutes a game type player and just gets it done. Like 
it it doesn't have to be pretty. She just gets it done. And like, and that's just how I feel about the Connecticut sun. It doesn't have to be flashy. It's just effective. And that's just mm-hmm. what they do. And Alyssa Thomas being gone is, is big. Uh, now they did resign Brianna Jones. Um, and obviously, you know, signing Thomas, both Thomases to multi, to, you know, future deals, I think is big, but I feel like the sun were looking solid, but you know, She's in out with an Achilles. I know she got surgery on her on her shoulders finally, which is great. Or I don't remember if she's got that already or if she's planning on it. But um, but yeah, it's it's just kind of heartbreaking. I, I think that Connecticut's. I think that Alyssa Thomas is such a big part of that team. They they have to take a step back this season, yeah. especially when you've got other teams like Minnesota and Chicago who were in that same range in in like seeds last year that are have taken some pretty significant yep. steps forward you got to bank on what this roster will potentially be able to do when they're at full strength and yeah exactly that's you know when that happens it's going to be great but it's yeah it just sucks it, <laughs> it <does>. sucks <laughs> it does yeah it's that's it's not fun. It. uh let's move on to um dallas okay now dallas is is a a little bit interesting. Not a ton of moves coming out of Dallas as far as signing players, but they did move uh, Katie Lou Samuelson and ended up getting the number one overall pick. So while they haven't made major moves as far as their, their personnel like right now goes, um, you know, they re-signed Alicia Gray which we love Alicia Gray. Alicia Gray streams on Twitch. We raid her channel after a lot of our recordings. Um, So they've re-signed her. But other than that, not much. But they now hold the number one and number two picks. There's a lot of rumors saying they're going to look to move those to bring in somebody, you know, a big name in a trade. I don't know if this draft is, uh, I guess, what do you you say? If it's... um, if if it's tempting to to teams to want like the number one or number two pick in this particular draft, maybe next year when you've got players like Ryan Howard like coming into the more likely coming out of the draft, um, Charlie Collier, I I think Charlie Charlie Collier probably does declare simply because this is a, a little bit more of a shallow. Uh, I, I guess not shallow draft. It might be a deep draft, but there's no clear number one, and she may have a better opportunity to go number one. Um, yeah, which is is big, but I just want to get your thoughts. Dallas making a few moves and basically trading away Katie Lou Samuelson for the number one pick is kind of their their big signature move in this offseason. And what were your thoughts on that? Well, that's the thing. Is first of all, I was shocked to see that they had players when I was looking at the current <laughs> roster. Uh, because at this point I was curious if they had more picks than they had players. And I got to tell you, it's not that far off. Uh, not, they have a lot of picks. There's some open slots for certain. I, I think when all said and done, they're going to end up sinking with their picks. They did that last year when they had a bunch of picks that said, yeah. I think they're willing to let some sort of package go. I could see a very potential situation of, and I'm just throwing out names. I'm not trying to to claim anything. But you're looking at like, oh, could you move the the one and the five, uh, and 
maybe Astun Dor and Bella Allery uh, and ship them for Brittany Griner. Could you right. do that? I, I So I think they know that that's in their lock. It just they're testing that out. I think at the end of the day, they're going to run with their picks, which is why so like grading Dallas is so hard. It really is. Um, you've got Satu Sabali now with, with the season under her belt. Uh, Enrique is, is very much in swing at, at, at gaining star level. Kayla Thornton. I think you're going to see more out of her than we have in the past. I, there, there's a lot to, sink your teeth into if you're Dallas. I think that that you have a lot to feel good about. This is probably the hardest team right now for me to, to give any sort of trajectory on because we just yeah, don't know what they're going to do we with don't all know. these picks. We don't, yeah, all the picks are, are such a big deal. I I don't know if we're going to see uh, uh, Megan Gustafson back. I, th- I think that mm-hmm. she might get picked up by another team. I just don't see... Uh, Gustafson being like a part of Dallas moving forward with all these picks coming in. They've given her a good run and she's been fantastic. I loved her in college. Her game hasn't translated as well to the WNBA. It just hasn't. And that's okay. Like there's a lot of players that that happens that are, you know, uh, top level of players in college. It just doesn't transfer over and that's okay. But um, I do like Ty Harris still. I think that there's some yep. untapped potential there. I really, I hope to see a little bit more out of her. But I, if I'm Dallas, I'm probably keeping my picks um, because I think that you could build a lot on a Goomba Wale and Sabali with mm-hmm. kind of Alicia Gray playing that kind of third role. And if you can build uh, some really good, solid key pieces, and to be honest, there's some really good front court pieces that you could bring in at the center position at, at your five spot in this draft. And if you've got number one, number two, and number five, mm-hmm. like that's, that's a lot that you could, that I, you could pull. I do agree. You know? I do agree. And I would say, uh, they've done really well in investing for the future. I would say at some point you have to take a break from investing in the future and invest in some level of star power, even if it's not out of the universe, star power, and that's yeah. kind of, you know, Chicago just made that move and it bumped them into potential finals contention discussion. That's how much that moved mm-hmm. them. And that's where it's like, I yeah. mean, they have to understand that. I think Dallas is very much that situation of like, we can only make the right move. We can't just make a move. And I agree yes. with that. I don't know what that exists in this spectrum. So uh, it that's the hard part is they have to make the re- they have to make the right move. But is it out there? Yeah. And if it's not, you have to keep the picks. Because Griner, for instance, the is the name that's getting in. bandied about, and I even threw it out as a, as a potential. If I'm being honest, I don't know that I do it. Uh, now, yeah. Griner coming out of Waco, you know, coming out of Baylor, it's a potentially good in-state move that could pick up a lot of interest, so that might be a part of it. Uh, that could help. I don't know that she fits that roster very well. I, it's hard to see, but I think... I agree with you. I, I think if you take this year and you see we really have another season to let Satu and Rike really gel, we might have something, and you've got to think they do. It, you know, they're they're certainly not in a urgent. You know, they they don't need to make any urgent moves at this point. I think I think they could sit, you know, sit with those laurels yeah. and see how it goes. There's there's a lot of potential there. Uh, let's 
bump over to Indiana. Our running joke is that Indiana is just asleep at the wheel and not doing anything. Like, <laughs> but they have made a couple. Uh, they have made a couple uh, moves. <clears throat> In particular, they've picked up D. Rob, who looks like right now probably projected to be their starting uh, point guard. Um, they've got. They still got Tierra McCown and Lauren Cox in their front court. Kelsey Mitchell, obviously, in their back court. Um, Kennedy Burke, uh, Tiffany Mitchell, Victoria Vivians. They've got uh, they've got some some decent players. Um, D. Rob and Gentle Lavender are two that really caught my eye when the Fever signed them. Um, so those were, in my opinion, those were ones that that I thought at least moved the needle a little bit. Because Lavender is a vet that you know can really help out these younger uh, front court players in McCowan and Cox, um, but they did lose Natalie Achanwa, and you know heading heading over to Minnesota, which we'll get to in a little bit. But um, not a ton uh, going on here. They did take, pick up uh, Timmy Fag Benley, and then um, got the rights to Odyssey Sims, and then waived Odyssey Sims. Um, but yeah, I'm just curious what your kind of where your where your thoughts are with Indiana. So maybe I get burned for this, and I know I'm going to get burned by one of our co-hosts for this. I like this roster. <laughs> okay, uh, I do like this roster. I actually think some of the smaller moves were really solid for them. We've talked about Lavender. We've talked about D. Rob, Jessica Breland, and Jessica Jessica Breland. Yeah, sorry, that's uh, the other. I one. think oh, it's a solid yeah. move. I, you have a veteran front court to support this young front court. We haven't really seen much out of Lauren Cox. I think there's a lot to build off of that. You're putting Kelsey Mitchell in a situation where you're telling her, just go shoot, and that's perfect for her. I think we're going to see a lot more out of Victoria Vivians, which is solid. We haven't seen much out of Julie Alleman, which I, you know, I think there's a lot of situations where you can put a lot of players in positions to shine more, which I think is great. I hope that the front court stays healthy. If they have a healthy and energetic front court, they might have something to mess with there. Unfortunately, I don't know that they're yet in a position to make any sort of realistic playoff push. But uh, will this finally be the year where we look at Indiana with a strong semblance of hope? I think this might be it. I'm kind of cool with their moves. I was just hoping they would be even more aggressive than they have been. I think they had a chance to steal something of, of high level interest and they weren't able to do that much. Uh, but I, I weirdly like their roster as I look at it. I think they added more depth than some people are going to give them credit for, but it's hard to say yeah. with as much as some team, like the good teams have gotten better. It's hard to say that they're in a competitive spot, but I like the direction. It's some point. They got to make that jump though. At some point they've got to just I, go for broke. I'm waiting for it. I fit. I feel like Indiana has actually we tease we tease about Indiana a lot. I think they've un, they underperformed big time last year. I hope that we see more Tierra McCowan usage. I don't know if it's a conditioning issue or what, but we I'm just not seeing her get the minutes that I think when she's on the court, there's a difference. Like 100%. anybody who watches the Fever again, I'm not the coach. But if I was, based on what I'm watching, she's it's it's obvious to me. I like that A1. they got D Rob coming in at the one because Julie Allemand also, you know, with her overseas commitments and and the Olympics possibly coming around, I think D Rob steps in immediately and and f- fulfills that point guard role. I think Lauren Cox 
we didn't see as much out of her as as we were hoping to. Um, I I think Indiana is is sneakily maybe uh maybe your last your eight seed in the playoffs. I know a lot of teams uh shored up and and did a lot more this off season, mm-hmm. but I'm with you. I don't hate in, I, what Indiana has yeah. right now. See, I think where you have it, Indiana is where I have Atlanta, and it's that's yes. where it's kind of a a toss up there, but. Weirdly, as I look at the roster, like I, I think there's some good stuff here. I hope they're not done. I, I hope they have something, even if it's not a blockbuster mm-hmm. move. I hope they have something in there that sweetens this pot a little bit. Maybe they have. They've some got the number four pick in. right now mm-hmm. that they could maybe do something with. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Come there. on, Fever, get that. Dallas has one and do two. Do something. Do something sweet with them. They can take a four. Try to maybe get the two. You know. Put yeah. something in front. Do something. Let's have some get fun. Get something with it. Yeah. Let's have, let's have some a little fun, crazy. Bonnie. Even if it even if it blows up, I just want Indiana to do something. I just want to have. Yeah. <laughs> it's that. It's have that meme fun. of the the kid with the stick. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> Las Vegas is another team that obviously a lot of people have been talking about. Signing Chelsea Gray and Raquana Williams, both away from the Sparks. Technically, they have not re-signed Liz Cambage, although they own the rights to uh, to Liz Cambage because they've cored her. Um, they re-signed Dierica Hamby to a multi-year deal. Um, and honestly, they, they did lose McBucket, which I know so many Aces fans just are like, dying at that right now just that 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 may that hurts big time to lose uh Kayla McBride but I mean you've picked up you picked up some decent decent players you lost uh D Rob wasn't playing a ton for the aces she was coming off the bench so we'll see we'll see you got mm-hmm. Plum coming back you've got a suit we can assume that that uh um we can assume that Cambage is going to be back. So Plum and Cambage coming back to a team that was the number one overall pit, number one overall seed, adding Chelsea Gray and Raquana Williams, and really your big loss is Kayla McBride. What do you think, Steve? What do you? How are you feeling about Las Vegas going into this next season? Cambage is obviously going to be the big turning point because while they do have record, it's really hard to tell, especially in Olympic year, if we're going to see her in the league at all. Um, uh, she seems to have her hand in a lot of jars right now, and yes, it's hard to tell if the focus will be on the WNBA. She may have a very similar situation you'll see at Amisaman, where she says, "Hey, I'm I'm here to focus with the uh, you know Team Australia, and then maybe you'll see me after the Olympics." So it's really hard to tell yeah. where that's going to balance out. Assuming Cambage, we see Cambage in an Aces uniform. This team's coming back to the finals. That's my feeling. Agreed. Agreed. How Holy do you not? Dude. Okay. Obviously, there's a lot of big moves. There's a lot of deep rosters. This is a team that has a bench that's going to roll out Raquana Williams, Jackie Young, and Derricka Hamby. This is a very, <laughs> very deep roster offensively. You have Asia yes. Wilson fresh off, off of an MVP. Angel Bacatri should hopefully have some pieces. The Chelsea Gray move might be one of the bigger glow-ups of this entire Free agency yes. period that seems to not be getting talked about. I love McBuckets. I absolutely Kayla McBride is phenomenal, and we're going to talk all about why she was such a huge pickup for Minnesota to go to that to one of the most uh, to me one of the most complete backcourt players in the entire league in Chelsea Gray. 
Huge for Vegas. I, I, I think this puts them in a position to potentially put a crack in in a, another shot for a championship. If I if I had to slot in my finals teams right now, right now I have Vegas in there. Yeah. I uh I love love what what Aces what the Aces did with Chelsea Green and Raquana Williams. Raquana Williams is an absolute sniper, can can just do it can shoot like crazy. And so I think that's kind of uh offsets a little bit of what we see with um McBride leaving. But can you imagine? You've got three players on the court in Angel McCautry, Asia Wilson, and Liz Cambage that are some of the best scorers the the league has ever seen. And you're going to double up a backcourt of Kelsey Plum and, Ch- and Chelsea Gray that can pass as well as anybody not named Courtney Vandersloot or Sue Burt. Like, they are they're phenomenal. And so I I really like Las Vegas this coming season. I am stoked to see how Las Vegas does. I'm really, really excited. Um, McBride had probably not the best season last year. I had kind of an off seat, a little bit of an off time. But you know what? I have zero judgments for people who had a rough season last year. 2020, I just want to erase from all record books. All right? Like, it's just – so I have, I have no judgments there. It's a It was a weird situation. Slate's I clean. think that yeah, we'll we'll get to McBuckets here in a bit, but I agree on on Las Vegas. Let's talk about your Sparks, Steve. Yeah, yeah. There's been, I mean, they've lost a lot. They've yes. lost some big time players. Chelsea Gray that we just talked about, Candace Parker. They've they've lost some some names here. Um, Christy Tolliver obviously coming back, but they have signed Erica Wheeler and Amanda Zowie B as probably their two big signees um, to kind of offset that Chelsea Gray and um, Candace Parker um, uh, leaving the team. Yeah. How are you feeling uh, about your Sparks? I, I think off the bat, probably their stock has definitely gone down. But, like, I agree. I love this roster. The, the, it's a we, fun roster. It's, not, it's not, not a roster see, that's going to maybe win as many games, we may but not it's a fun see roster. As successful a team this year, let's say this season, I, I think they'll be a playoff team. I don't know that they'll be a deep playoff. This team is going to be fun as hell. This is a team I think fans are going to want to see succeed. Wheeler and Zowie B is as solid of, of a collection of moves as you can make. Obviously, we haven't seen anything much out of Tolliver yet. Um, I would. I would assume we're not gonna we're gonna see less minutes out of Tolliver. I I hope we see a backcourt combo of Erica Wheeler and Taya Cooper, and and we find some magic there, potentially. Um, and I I think there's decent depth. I think you're gonna like the Ogumake show is gonna make itself happen big time. There's a lot to be pretty excited about here. I, I it's tough because I think it's a step back. We're gonna start to see things move forward, and I'll tell you what right now. It's not a coincidence. We've talked a lot about our feelings on draft lotteries, right? I don't mince words. The things are rigged. They're very much made for narratives, right? No question why the city of New York was able to be in a situation to pick up Sabrina and Eskew. I'm willing to call that out. Do not be shocked. If the Sparks, with this shift of moving a big star, maybe they meddle a little bit in the mid to back level for a while, do not be shocked if they find themselves in the Paige Becker's lottery when the time comes, (laughs) or in the Caitlin Clark lottery when the time comes. 
I I think that this is the wind up for a next big release for uh for a roster looking for their next era, and I think NECA is looking to put herself in a situation to reassert her dominance as a former MVP. Right. And I think it's there to happen. So yeah, they're going to take a step back, but I think this is a roster where a lot of people can sink their teeth into. I almost think of that pre-title contending Seattle team that had a lot of fun athleticism, didn't quite right. have enough. It was to coming in at like the, the seven or eight seeds, right? Like yeah. If I'm remembering right. And yeah. so we may see that, but at the same time, um, this was definitely a move looking forward to a few years from now. And people can call me off on, ha- on, on, on being the conspiracy theorist of uh, when it comes to lotteries. But sometimes those things happen and just don't be surprised if suddenly the sparks find themselves uh, in a situation to, to pick up that next generational star I, on the time. I think any uh, Indiana fever fan would agree with you on conspiracy lot, uh, lottery conspiracy. hundred percent. Oh my gosh. That sucks. Yeah. It's yeah. I feel so bad for them. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Um, I agree with you. I, I don't expect the sparks to be in contention this year, but I'm going to have probably more fun watching the sparks this year than I have for the last couple of seasons. Is that odd to say? I think it makes sense. I, 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 I yeah. yeah, the brand of basketball I think has a chance to be a lot of fun. I, yeah. I, I hope they let Erica Wheeler just flat out loose. Uh, yes, just let her go fun. do her thing on a big stage. She could be a lot of fun, and and I think Angelinos will take to her immediately. <laughs> All right, these next two teams might be, might be right now my biggest winners when it comes to uh, free agency moves. So let's first. Head to the land of 10,000 lakes. Minnesota has had an absolutely bonkers offseason and has has done really, really well. Um, returning Nafisa Collier, Sylvia Fowles, and Crystal Dangerfield. And adding to all of this, Ariel Powers, Nafi, uh, uh, Kayla McBride, and Natalie Achanwa. All three of those are big-time players, starter-caliber players, that you're adding to an already pretty solid team in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I really like what Minnesota has done with this uh, with this offseason. Powers, McBride, Achanwa, obviously kind of being the big, um, you know, kind of your big uh, signees. Now, um, hang on. Let me just double check. I want to make sure I'm not missing anything too obvious here. When the, you get too many names going, it Yeah. It, it gets rough. Um, as far as far as like major losses, nothing that is too terrible. Um, you know, I, I didn't see any any real major drop offs as far as who they were losing. But I do really like what Minnesota has done. Um, yeah. So I'm curious. I'm curious what your thoughts are in Minnesota. Uh, I just if you're going to have a dark horse pick, I think that Derek has to be Dark Teal. It's this team is sneaky sneaky good and almost not sneaky good i mean they probably have had the best offseason just in terms of the volume of their picks their moves and the level of moves every move seemed to be a level up for their organization um Mm -hmm. especially considering on top of all those moves you almost get an additional top move in hopefully we have jessica shepherd at full strength with her wind back in her sails and you've added more depth to your front court that way there's a, a lot here that I think, uh, yeah, I, it's hard to say that to say anything hasn't already been said, and that I, I this might be the highest valued free agency so far. There's great moves 
all in up the roster. The other thing, the other big move that I think gets understated is in who they lost. It it was a trade. It wasn't technically losing someone in free agency, but they traded away Kiki Herbert Harrigan and picked up Phoenix's first round pick for next year. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I really like next year's draft. So they, they moved a player who wasn't really gelling well with what they had going in Minnesota. I think that Kiki Herbert Harrigan has better potential than she was realizing in Minnesota. I don't know if that was a good fit for her. So they mm-hmm. moved someone who had value and not a good fit for them and picked up uh, a, a nice potential for next the next, uh, uh, next draft in, in a year from now. So... I mean, even in the players that they have leaving their roster, they're picking up good value. Mm-hmm. And I, I, Cheryl Reeve is just smacking home runs this offseason, in my opinion. She didn't have to go sign Candace Parker. She signed just the right players to do a lot uh, to do a lot for this. Now, uh, size fourteen Bernard is is hitting us up in the chat saying that she like uh, that they like the signings for the links on paper, but we do need to see the fit. I agree. Uh, seeing adding you know three starter level starter level caliber players to a roster that um, already has a pretty decent identity. Uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I think that. Um, I think that they're on paper. It's a good fit. We're just gonna have to see what happens with uh, when when the ball starts uh, when the ball goes up for for the tip in in a few months here. So yeah, any other thoughts on Minnesota? No, I, I like the setup that they have. You know, they have a reigning rookie of the year uh, to to join in with some good offensive power. This is this is your dark horse pick. This is a, a potential like buy yeah. buy buy clinching playoff team. And uh, will be an absolute fit for whoever they match up with. That's where I think things will be interesting. So yeah, I'm, you know they they probably get the A of, of of free agency so far. We'll see how it maps out. Let's head over to New York. Now New York's returning Yanescu, who went out very early after just a couple games in last year's season. But from what we were able to see, is as advertised. Okay, so they're bringing her back, and they've signed Laisha Clarendon, Natasha Howard, Bent Nigel Laney. Oh, hey, let me just also add this one in: Sammy Whitcomb, Sam Ben, heading over to New York. Like, just what? Like they, uh, they're on the opposite end of what we're seeing of Dallas. Dallas went like, oh, we don't need players, we want picks. New York's mm-hmm. like forget our future we got to get some players now because we've got sabrina Ionescu. um we're done we got to start winning immediately and so they're kind of mm-hmm. taking a different approach to this i'm curious what your thoughts are on new york's moves this offseason i may not be as sold on it as some but obviously the potential that sabrina and natasha have as a one two could be the next great one two i mean you're looking at the next that could be the next sue and stewie uh, the next DT and Griner type of pairing, it has that potential. They they play really well. I mean, and Natasha's not a, a pure center. She's more of a, a four, in my opinion. But I think yeah. she has that in Which her. Which is probably what she'll be playing a little bit more in New York. Obviously, Alicia is fantastic in the sense of uh, just a perfect person to mentor Sabrina. 
Um, the matchup there makes a lot of sense. I love the Sam Bam move because it's Sam Bam. I will say... <laughs> we would love of... Sam Bam regardless of where she yeah. went. <laughs> there's a lot of questions on depth. I, I think it's important to sidebar and say, if you haven't had a chance to look up um, uh, Asia Durr's interview, uh, I believe it was with HBO Sports, you really should. Her, her story yes. of how COVID has affected her is, is harrowing and very important. And very unfortunate in seeing what her future is going to look like. And, and we hope that, obviously, obviously, we hope the best for her and that we can see her back on the court and dominating. Um, but in terms of rosters, I mean, that that hurts their depth a little bit. So I'm not as full on sold on it. I will say um, they're going to get more than two wins. So that's good. That's a, that's a, that's a kick forward right there. Um, obviously how Sabrina comes off of her injury will be important. I mean, there's a lot of things there to pick up off of, but, um, I, I like the direction that they're in. Um, you know, we'll see where it goes. They, they risked that top draft pick, uh, to, to make these moves and to pick up Natasha Howard and, and company. And they feel good about that. So, um, I get the sense that they're, they're looking for more than just a quick step forward. They're trying to make a push. Um, so they're they're one to keep an eye on. So I like it. I may not like it as many as some, but I mean overall they had a really good class. Um, no, I agree. I think that this is. I think New York shot up. I think they're looking like a seven or eight seed team. They went from winning like just just what a, a couple games last season total to I think they're I think they're making the playoffs. Yeah, I really do. I think they're a playoff level team at this point. And honestly. With their roster, they're a they're a playoff team that if I'm at the top of the league, I don't want to play. Especially when you're in those single elimination playoff rounds. Like I do not want to play a team that's stacked the way that New York is stacked right now because this is a team that in the right situation can lock you down defensively and catch fire offensively. And now I'm not saying that this is gonna be the most consistent team, but so that I mean, I'm not saying they're top of the league, but in the right scenarios with the right matchups and on the right night, they're going to be just about anybody. And that's what's scary about this New York Liberty team, which is wild to consider, you know, understanding what they did last year, yeah. in my opinion. So totally. Yeah. So we'll we'll see what happens there. Um, love what I saw from uh from New York this last uh this this off season so far. Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um. Added Kia Nurse. Added Megan Walker. Um, re-signed Diana Taurasi to a two-year deal. Love it. Uh, so that was sweet. <laughs> um, but, uh, I, I mean, not a ton of news on the Phoenix front. Nothing, like, major happening there. There were some uh, – they were part of that really big day that happened, uh, I think it was, like – a week ago now, I think it was almost exactly a week ago that uh, Phoenix got the rights to to Nia Coffee, or, or they waived Nia Coffee as they picked up Megan Wa- Megan Walker and Kia Nurse, um, traded away uh, Phoenix's first round pick and the number six overall pick, or Phoenix's first round twenty twenty two pick, picked up the number six overall pick. Um, so like, yeah, they were kind of all over the place. Um. It, it was a really interesting. It was interesting to, that they add Kia Nurse and Megan Walker. But other than that, like it's been a kind of a quiet off season for for Phoenix, um, which I don't know if they can afford 
right now, they've they're a good team. They've got Griner, Skydig, Tarasi, and now they've added Kia Nurse. But I think that if you're gonna go all out for a championship before Tarasi retires, I don't know if you've done enough this off season. Does that make sense? That that's my thoughts. I'm, where are you stand with Phoenix right now? I actually kind of love it. If I'm being honest, okay. I might see it different. I think the Kia yeah, Nurse, Kia Nurse in contention for the best pickup of the of uh, free agency. I love this move, uh, and I think it fits perfectly with with the potential starting five. What this team looks like, she might be that type of two A spark that their roster needs. Uh, I do like that she's not going to be asked to do as much as she was in New York. New York last year, it was Kia Nurse or bust. Like it was Nurse and Zowie B, and yeah, if if they didn't have a great game, New York was going to lose. This which is, is this is a very good spot game. for her. It's a better spot for Kia for sure. I think uh, Hartley and Petty are probably going to get a lot more minutes this year, just given um, what Tarasi's availability will look like. I, Megan Walker obviously is a really solid pickup, uh, I, so I like it. I, I'm with you in that. I I almost see them in the same scenario they were last year, um, but I think they have more competitiveness in a playoff situation with a player like Nurse. I like that move, and I will say this because I feel like I have to, especially on behalf of my wife. I'm looking at this potential starting five, uh, you know, including Sky Dig, DT's Bun. You got Kia. You got Brittany Griner. I'll say it out loud right now, just to make it clear. This is the best hair in the league. I was gonna, I was thinking that's where you're going. The best By far. Ha- the hair game extraordinaire. Money, um, <laughs> especially my, my imagine wife, if D Rob was still on the team. I married a very curly haired individual who loves people <laughs> with curly hair, and her favorite players in the league are Skylar Diggins Smith and Kia Nurse because of their hair. So she was like, "That's the best hair in the league." And then I was just looking through the rest of the roster, and I was like. That's a that's a well played. It's a good, uh, it's a good hair heads. The, a good hair team. <laughs> so not to be weirdly vain in that sense, but uh, you know, if we're talking best hair in the league, I think Phoenix has it on lock, and that's not the only reason why <laughs> Keeners and Megan Walker were solid pickups. I I, I really like the moves, I, it, but I I do see what you're saying that it's it, with the competitiveness of the moves we've seen around the league, especially these last two teams we're about to talk about. It's hard to say that they're going to shift much in the playoff structure. Yes, but I I like what they did. Okay, let's move on to the reigning champion Seattle Storm. Steve, I want to have. Well, I'm going to give my take first, and I'm okay if you disagree. I'm also okay if you completely agree <laughs> with with my takes here. All right. I so Logan and Jason and I have talked a lot about Seattle Storm, and and they have a little bit of a take of like, hey, unless until someone beats them, like it's hard to not to not pick against them. I don't see Seattle at the top of the league this year. And that hurts. That hurts to say because they still have like their big three. They've got Super, Joel Lloyd, and Bree Stewart. Any team with those three is going to have a shot at a title. However, they've lost a lot. I mean, they were completely dominant, I understand. And they could afford to lose a little bit and still be a contender. But you've you've lost Alicia Clark, who in my opinion is is probably a top one or two defender in the league and one of the most efficient three point shooters that the league set. Not like she didn't shoot a ton, but she's close, she's like forty to fifty percent on her threes. 
You lose Sammy Whitcomb coming off the bench, who was just a, a spark plug and a scorer coming off the bench. You've lost Natasha Howard, who also is like a defensive player of the year candidate and uh, and a threat on the inside. I feel like Seattle has lost so much around their their big three. Now they're adding in Katie Lou Samuelson, Kiki Herbert Harrigan. But to me, I I hope this is a better fit for Katie Lou than we've seen in her last two teams. Because so far, Katie Lou is kind of in that. I hope that Katie Lou's going to be like that Kelsey Plum type story where she came in a little bit more underwhelming. I know she's battled some injuries and then is starting to break out. Like I would love that for her. Um, Kiki Herbert Harrigan's kind of the same thing. Like we just didn't see much out of her. So I'm hoping that those two step up and, and that we see some great things. I like some of the, the young talent that we've got. Jordan Canada obviously is, is one of my favorite players in the league. Uh, as is, is fantastic. Um, uh, as a big, and then I still like the fact that they've got rights to Katia Laksa because I think that she could come in and do some some serious damage in this league and we just haven't had a chance to see her yet. So I'm not saying it's not there. I just am very – I feel like there's been other teams that were that are towards the top like Las Vegas, like Washington, like Minnesota, and even Chicago that are probably going to be – I would – in my opinion, might be more favorites for me than Seattle at this point. And that that's kind of odd to say considering where Seattle was last year. So I want I want to hear from you. Am I overreacting to what Seattle's lost or or am I at all justified? And I, w- I want to see what your thoughts are there. I think you make a lot of good points. I, I like I wouldn't I totally see where you're coming from. I think it makes a lot of sense. <clears throat> and especially because the difficulty of repeat. We haven't had a repeat champion in 19 years. It's very difficult right. to happen. But it ends this year. And I just... I I think I probably stand with where Logan and Jason are saying. Because... I think the moves that they made... Were just enough to fill... Uh, enough of the size of the gap. Maybe not all completely, but enough that I still put them in that that top spot because you're looking at a team that while they were the second seed, I feel like we're levels above the rest of the league last season. And I think, for instance, in Katie Lou's situation, this is a roster with a coaching structure and a, an offensive structure that I feel like they know what her role is going to be. I think Mag Bugor is going to uh, have a much more increased role Candice Dupree's pickup, I think, was high value uh, in in a lot of ways. My only question is what they do with the three, because they pretty much mm. have four slots, and it's hard to say who's going to step into that role immediately. You have Katie Lou, you have Kiki, you have Steph Talbot, you have Tamara Young. Where, you know, and and, and I I want to say Talbot's a, a a camp signing right now. I might be wrong when I say that. I could be wrong. Yeah, I think uh, so. Talbot, yeah, Talbot, Talbot and Tamara and, yeah, are both camp training camp. Yeah. So they may not make the roster. I, I would I would hope that they would. But they're in positions where if they can shine well, you could find them at, at the top of that depth chart. So where they handle that will stand up really well. Obviously, the question is going to be how do they withstand themselves? On, they lost a lot of defensive clout, and, and that's the truth. And that's where I Big think, time. unfortunately, for instance, Jewel Lloyd's Drew Lloyd's ability to score 
took a step back this season and may have to take a farther step back. I think she might need to continue to develop herself as a defensive prowess and in a way take on a similar role that we saw Alicia Clark take on over the last few seasons. Um, yeah. And see that that said with, with these, with their top players at full strength and the support that they have, uh, I I'm feeling the storm becoming the first team with five rings. That's where I sit now. A lot could happen in the next couple of weeks that could shift the discussion because it's it it was far and above last year. This year it's very tight, but that's where I see it. Gotcha. So you're saying they're still title contenders, but just not the like dominating like they were last year. I think when you need to win two out of three, um, the still like the storm roster. The key, the point, the key points are there for me. When when you need I, that, I'm not. Yeah, I I have a hard time dropping a team that includes Bird, Lloyd, and Stewie as far down as I am. But I I feel like they're gonna be like a five or six seed, like and that that's weird. I I, I in no way ever thought I'd be saying that one year removed from what they did last year. I could very well be overreacting, and if you're on Twitter and you think I am, hit me up, okay. Um, I, I, I'll accept all of that. I just, I don't know. I, I feel like there was a lot of load that was, that was carried by Clark and Howard that is a lot of your unseen. And I just don't know if they did enough. You know what? I would be more excited for them in this off season. Uh, if, uh, personally now, again, I'm not the coach. I'm not making the moves. I would have been more stoked if they were, instead of having Katie Lou Samuelson on their team, if they were holding on to a number one pick that I, I may be more excited about that. I'm, I, I probably wouldn't like raise them up a whole bunch because Katie Lou, uh, I don't know. Like it, it's hard to say there's no like real locks in, in this year's draft. There's it's, a lot of good that's potential. The thing is, I, there's no like locks. I don't know that they saw a potential needle mover in this draft. And that's probably where they went with the move that they yeah. did. I, I have, I, I'm not sure you're coming from putting them at five or six. I, I don't see how they drop anywhere below that, that, that second seed buy spot, if anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I just look at this team, their general experience. It's hard for me to, to face them up against a roster right now that definitely beats them three out of five. That definitely can win a five game series against them. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a, a handful of teams that have it in them. And obviously, we're about to talk about one of those teams. One of those, yeah. uh, and, but I, it's it's tough to say. Uh, but I think coming out of the draft, coming out of the next couple of weeks, as we finalize these these last moves, is going to tell a lot of that story because it it speaks a lot to, uh, it's going to speak a lot to who you know what moves yeah. we're going to make here. Now, now I will say this much on top of this: Natasha Howard signed with New York. And that's fantastic. She had the there was high potential she was going to sign somewhere else, and we're about to talk about the team that she could have signed with. And if that would have happened, and there was potential that it could have happened, um, this whole discussion changes. I feel like her going somewhere that put her <laughs> not obviously at low value, but just less of a threat in terms of this year's title contention sort of helped. Yeah. It was the best case scenario if you had to lose her. Uh, there are two or three teams she could have easily gone to that that would have easily changed the discussion for me. Um, 
because right. Clark going where she went definitely did uh, that's, have, that's a huge shift questioning me. it. Yeah, and and Howard was in that potential of maybe not quite there, but there were a couple other landing spots for her that could have really shifted the discussion. Didn't quite do it for me. So I, I I'll say it now. I think it's a razor thin discussion. I feel like they're still in that top spot for the moment. A lot to be told yep. there. But yeah, we got one more roster, and I think you're excited to talk about them. So. <laughs> I am. I'm really excited. Um, so Washington, in my opinion, I think is is a top two or three team in the league. Um, I love Washington right now outside of a really strong point guard, which I understand is a huge part – Outside of that, I love this Washington Mystics roster. Obviously, you've got Atlanta Deladon. Um, they still have the rights to. Technically, they haven't re-signed Misamin. I think that they likely will. I don't. I don't think that there's uh, going to be a problem there. Um, I, they've still got some pretty good cap space. I think Misamin's coming back to Washington. They've got Tina Charles, Alicia Clark, Atlanta Deladon, Ariel Atkins. And uh, Heinz Allen, who had an absolutely incredible season last year, like that right there is a that's a deadly roster. That's a that's a crazy roster. Um, right now, I think that I, I as far as what I could imagine is Leilani Mitchell might be their best option at the point guard spot, but I could see them doing a, a little bit more uh, point guard by committee. Um, and not necessarily anybody getting more than, you know, 25 to 30 minutes a game. I don't see anybody locking down, you know, 38 to 40 minutes a game at the point guard spot, uh, as far as their roster stands right now. Um, obviously free agency is not over, but Washington, uh, you know, won the title two years ago. And then since then have added Tina Charles and Alicia Clark and, I just I love this. I love this roster so much. Um and so they're a team in in my opinion that's right towards the top. Um but I'm curious uh your thoughts on Washington. This is an interesting one because there's a lot of moving parts between the last two seasons that have made it so this team is going to need some time to gel uh before I think they can hit a heavy heavy uh competitive point in terms of title contention because you have a year without Deladon we haven't really seen anything out of Tina Charles yet so we got to see how that dynamic works you're obviously adding Alicia Clark to that structure where do you fit Maisha Hines Allen who deserves a starting spot after what she's earned but now is kind of getting stuffed with those three players so how does that fit so there's a lot to question on that how that looks that said the talent is there there is one move that I think has potential in it. Now, I think Misamin is your priority, and if that happens and you make it a priority and you lean in, you may not have the room to make this happen. So what I'm about to say may never be possible, but I think it has it in it. Um, but I think obviously picking up Misamin is a priority. You do that, you suddenly are, are re- really battening things down and making my prediction with Seattle really difficult. If you can right. make that happen and do what I'm about to say... I'm willing to stand up right now and say, I will hand this, uh, like, uh, I'll hand the man- mantle to the Mystics. <laughs> because we're looking at free agents, but one thing we're we're figuring out, we, we haven't quite looked at yet, is once waivers are cleared, Odyssey Sims is available. True. Uh, 
And I think that's who you might plug into your backcourt to make. She's not a point guard, obviously, but uh, I think that's how you finish out your backcourt to really turn this into a dangerous team, is in my opinion. And I understand that you're taking away a traditional point position, but I think that's a move that if, if I saw that level of talent dropping into things, I think that's to me says, all right, I'm willing to potentially call call it a day on this. Outside of that, there's really not of uh, not a lot of huge moves you could really make in the in the point guard. Now, where this makes it difficult for them is is what options they do have because you know uh, where they sit right now for the draft, right? I actually don't off the top of my head. Nowhere they have no picks right now. Okay. They have zero picks in this draft as it's currently slotted. A lot of things could happen. They could pick something up. They have nothing in this current draft slotted for them. Uh, so it, it's in a dangerous spot because I think they do have a glaring uh, spot in their backcourt uh, with the point position. Leilani Mitchell is is very, very serviceable, if not a solid move there. That's not you know something to, to just shake off. I, I think that's something right. that could work. We'll just have to see there. But I think they're a move short. I don't think they're done. And I'm not even counting Misaman when I say that. I think they have one more move in them that's going to make some things happen. But hmm. we'll just have to see, man. It's a, It'll be an interesting dragon to chase. But I like it. They're fun. I, so that's a, let's, that's, a team, let's... that's a team that if they can put it all together quickly uh, could be all things dominant. But it's hard to tell. Obviously, free agency is not over. There's still a lot to be done. There's still uh, there's trades that could happen leading up to the draft. We've got draft night. There's a lot to happen. As it stands right now, I just want to like take a quick like maybe in tiers or maybe running like one through twelve. Where do you see these teams ending up? All right. Um, I'm gonna run through mine one through twelve. I'll let, I'll allow you a chance to maybe put them into tiers or, or or make yours one through twelve. I'm just gonna go off the top of my head. I've just pulled up all twelve teams here, and I just want to see who I've got, like, you know, uh, and, and kind of where I've got them. And I I, I want to hear the same from you. Um, probably at my number one spot, I'm gonna go. I'm probably gonna go the Aces at my number one spot followed by Washington at number two and Minnesota at number three. But in reality, I think all three of those teams are kind of my top tier. Um, from there, I'm going Chicago. Ooh, this next one's tough. Chicago, Phoenix, Seattle. That That's... Uh, yeah yeah so okay so number one las vegas number two washington number three minnesota four chicago five phoenix six seattle seven connecticut eight new york uh nine los angeles 10 Dallas, 11 Indiana, 12 Atlanta. That's off the top of my head. That I, I don't know if I've done that yet, but that's kind of where I'm feeling my vibe on, on those on the 12 Golly. teams. Feel free to put yours into tiers if you want, or if you want to run 1 through 12. Uh, I'm curious where you're standing right now. 
I'm going flat out the top of my head. I don't have anything written down. So go I for it. Go for it. I don't. I didn't know. either. I just pulled up I the twelve teams and just like off that. Yeah. I might miss a team as I do this. That's all right. You can. I'm you can. Go. You can put them back. I. I almost went back. So yeah. No, we'll see. Because I'm. I'm. Done. I'm just looking at my tracker. That's it. But I'm just. I'm just gonna do this. Just uh, loosey goosey. We'll see how it goes. Uh, I'm gonna yeah. go Seattle one. I'm gonna go Vegas two. Chicago three. Minnesota four, Washington at five. Uh, then I'll go Phoenix six. I'll put the Sparks at seven. I'm going to go Atlanta eight, Connecticut nine. Dallas at 10. Uh, I'll go New York 11, Indiana 12. Okay, I like it. I think yeah. it's good that we've got a little. I've got we've got some differences. I yeah. I think that you and I almost almost exactly flipped. No, no. I guess who did I have number so, one? Some of these were just like okay. it was who what what names I could find as I was looking at them. Almost it's it's yeah. tough to call. But the tiers <laughs> I I feel fairly good about. Like the the top four, middle four, and back four. I I feel fairly solid about where those will stand. But as far as the order okay. one through twelve, I don't know it. I, yeah, and I think I think you you could almost do them in tiers, right? And that's why I wanted to do tier. But like, I figured, why not? I'm just gonna just go through and because I feel like if it was in tiers, I would be moving teams around too much. So that's kind of where I'm at. Um, as far as as if I just were to run a one through twelve off the top of my head, um, I, I like that we're both high on the aces. You know, I think that the rest of our top was kind of in and out. I think we both had Chicago like three or four. Um, but we both had the aces uh, pretty high. Um, I don't remember where you had Minnesota, but um, you had Seattle really high, and I had Washington really high. I think were the two yeah. like bigger differences uh, that I noticed. And I also yeah. had New York making the playoffs, and you had them at your eleven, I think. Yeah, but and I've got- I, I, th- I think we both had Seattle. I think we both had Phoenix like right around the six range as well. I I didn't mm-hmm. write it down. So as you're listening to this, you could re- go back and yeah. tell us how wrong we are on this. But <laughs> please, that was be- I did zero but- research. Uh, so that's a nice fun <laughs> scoop. Sweet. Well, hey, dude, it's been fun. We've we've covered quite yeah. a bit of real estate here, just chatting. And so we were gonna just do a quick. Uh, episode but i actually like kind of just just talk, hashing this out with you Lucy it's been good Goosey, yeah. i haven't had a chance to really sit down and talk WNBA with you in a while just because totally you know, we haven't had that opportunity so this was good and i'm glad we did it on mic because we'll release this out uh to all of you listening uh so this isn't you know we're not breaking any news here this is just two dudes talking about uh free agency and where we're where we're feeling right now ask us again in a couple days a lot will change, uh, probably. All right. So we'll see what happens, but thanks to everybody who's listening. Thanks to all of you hanging out in chat, uh, and on Twitch here. We appreciate it. Thanks for, uh, for all the support and the love that we've got. Um, we've been getting some great support with, through subscriptions and different things. We have an announcement coming soon, uh, to celebrate our 5,000 Twitter followers. Um, and uh that'll be that'll be forthcoming here uh once we iron out just a couple more details but we're excited about that uh steve any last words before we go ahead and log off 
No, I uh, just really obviously appreciate the continuing support. We're rolling into draft season very soon. We'll we'll have a season before long, hopefully some announcements, so stick with things. Um, you know, unfortunately, we had to hit pause on the NWHL stuff, but NWSL should be picking up soon. We've got a finale yes. for Candace Parker and W History coming in the next couple of weeks. Now that I have a laptop again, we'll be able to get that yeah. up and running. So expect <laughs> that and expect some announcement on some future series we're going to be rolling out. So... Yeah, lots of content to be coming your way. Definitely be excited. Absolutely. Well, thanks again, everybody, for WNBA Nation. I'm Kyle Haywood. And I'm Steve Schwartzman. And we got you next time.